From on board our orbiting space laser, it's the Relevant Podcast. Relevant Podcast. Anytime, anywhere. It's the week of Monday, July 21st, 2008, and this is The Relevant Podcast. The Relevant Podcast is the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me is a truncated crew. To my left, Adam Smith. Hello, everybody. And to my right, Lloyd Kinsley. Shalom, listeners. Maya's at the doctor. Mm. Just check them. Okay. No, no, not emergency or anything uh, weird. I mean, should we send a card? Is it, is it <laughs> like that kind of situation? <laughs> yes. Okay. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, Adam. I like to get cards when I have a, a routine checkup. Routine checkup. Yeah. Um, this week's podcast, uh, we're switching up a little bit from what we told you last week that we would be doing. So we told you we would have the interview with filmmaker Dan Merchant, uh, who you met in the new issue, the current issue of Relevant Magazine. That is no longer the case. He will be coming in... Two weeks. Yeah. It's totally our prerogative to do this. If you listen really closely at the end of the podcast, there's a little tag that says subject to change. <laughs> it's just said at a decibel you can't hear. Yeah. And uh, next week, we have a live in-studio performance by singer-songwriter Brandon Heath. He actually came by the offices yesterday and did it. It was great. Great session. And we're playing that for you next week. But this week, what we're going to play for you is also something that happened yesterday. Um, author Mark Steele came by the office. And if you read Relevant, he's the funny columnist. And if you've read Relevant books or Relevant for, the, for a few years, he's the author of Flashbang, which is actually one of my personal favorite titles that we put out. Yeah. Mark is one of our old friends. Old well, friends. A relevant old friend. Uh, and he reminds me of Robert Downey Jr., <laughs> had you never met him before yesterday? Uh, only through email. Does you he, know, have a, only does he have a history of drug abuse? Well, history and present, you know. Huh? But uh, it's more than just that that puts me in mind of Robert Downey Jr., just his basic mannerisms and appearance. Uh, I was going to say, because I see, didn't I've see never... him arrive yesterday in a large golden red suit that was made of metal. I've never really hung out with Robert Downey Jr., so I don't really have anything <laughs> to compare it with. Um, I... I have only dim memories of it. Those were rough weekends. <laughs> As does Robert. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's down for a uh, trade show, Christian retail trade show that's going on in our fair city this week. So um, so we had him come up and talk about all that. It's a, it's a, it's a good interview. It's a good talk. Uh, so that's coming up later. Also, make sure to stay tuned for your feedback where we select the winner of my very own used iPhone. And I'll tell you, we got more feedback this week than we have in memory. Which, to me, probably says that people are selfish. Um, me-centered listeners is yeah, what they are. In, in a good way. In a sure. good way. Yeah. We're, we're glad that you responded. 
Now let's see. Uh, let's see if you do it when the only thing on the line is honor. <laughs> wow. Yeah, honor. No fame. No glory. Just honor. Yep. Okay, music coming out on Tuesday, July 22nd. We've got a few selections here. Not saying that they're fantastic, but they're good enough. <laughs> you know, it's it's a little bit of a down week. We got Well, we do have some notable releases, though. Black Kids are coming out with uh, Party Traumatic, which just doesn't sound like a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was actually, it's based loosely around my weekend with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> nice. Dr. Dog with Fate. Uh, the label is Park the Van. Yeah. Uh, good album, by the way. Really good album. Dr. Do- Dr. Dog reminds me of um, w- like Wolfman Jack. Right. Or Rolf from the Muppets. <laughs> it's like a mixture between Rolf and Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. I like it. Um, Nine Inch Nails with The Slip. So is this new? No, this is the, the album he put out digitally for free. So if you're one of those people who you're like, no, I demand to pay for this. Then you can go and, and buy it at a record store. Uh, no, frankly, we think you're a little bit simple if you do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand the marketing behind it fully. It's like, wait, free? No thank you, sir. I will wait until this comes out at a record store where I can exchange hard-earned money for this good and or service. The Classic Crime is coming out with The Silver Cord on Tooth & Nail. They were featured in Relevant Magazine, sure if you'll rem- remember. That, that very complex memento-esque design that, that Jeremy did. That was a beautiful design. It's very cool. Movies coming out on Friday, July 25th. We've got X-Files with I Want to Believe. Um, I'm looking at Lloyd. Got commentary? You excited? I'm going to be honest here. Do you know what? It would have been better if Maya was here because I kind of left the, the X-Files train earlier than maybe I should have. I, I lost interest in it. But, you know, the, the title alone, X-Files, I want to believe. Have they moved into a Christian genre? Yeah, I don't get it. But I will <laughs> say, I, I'm with you, Lloyd. I watched like the first three seasons of the X-Files and then it just became absolutely too difficult to try and keep up with yeah. it. But I enjoyed the first X-Files movie. It seemed to stand alone enough where you weren't lost if you hadn't watched a show. And I'm looking forward to this. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. My wife is literally counting the days. She couldn't be more excited. Yeah, it's see, for me, ridiculous. it's a Netflixer. Yeah, <laughs> and while she's there watching X-Files by herself, I will be one theater over watching Step Brothers oh, starring yes. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. That looks quite humorous. Uh, asterisk, it's rated R. So, <laughs> if you're offended by... Adam and Robert Downey Jr.'s drug binges. You probably shouldn't see Step Brother. That's very true. That's, those are words to live by. Well, we got a lot coming up, so let's keep this moving. Up next, Slices. Stomping on your fingers as you're clinging on to the abyss. So put on every winter coat that you won't use my age. And every minute is the countdown to another awful day. I cherish your fondness the day before I met you. You're listening to Los Campesinos with my year in lists. Um, I, I love this group. Who, who is it now? Los Campesinos. It's our or Los Camps. It's 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 awesome. So it means like the tiny campers. Is that it? Yeah, like, probably. The tiny campers. Well done. They are tiny campers. Yeah. So even if it doesn't mean that, they are. Okay. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Paper Root with Are We All Forgotten? I asked um, I, I asked around the office, I'm like, hey guys, I can find 
you know, indie pop, college music, cool stuff coming out very easily every week. I need a little help finding like good stuff coming out from Christians, <laughs> you know. So I mean, well, no, I'm, you know, legitimately because there no, are there I, are blogs or sites or whatever for all yeah. the other stuff. There's not really that. Yeah. For, well, and it, I you're think not saying you're, you're struggling to find good material from those people. You're just struggling to find that material. Right. Struggling to find you know the fresh new releases. Exactly. And people look and to us for that, right? right? And there and are we, few there are a few labels who really consistently put out stuff that you know right. That so, you can count on then, uh, but it's getting more and more difficult because so many more talented artists are, who are Christians are just going straight to mainstream. So are very well, yeah, I, that's fine too. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, looking for stuff with some socially or spiritually redemptive content. And, sure, uh, the one and only very lovely Teresa Dobridge uh, is kind of my go-to, and I said, you know, throw me a few of your favorites. Already listened to right now, and she said, absolutely, Paper Roots' new EP is phenomenal. Here you go. You can always count on Kill a T. Yeah. So are, are we skills. all forgotten is uh, what you heard at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, literally yesterday, Paper Root was on their way. They were yep. en route to our office on to perform. Paper route. And they <clears throat> got sidetracked by traffic and had to get to a gig and they couldn't right. come. Well, um, what, it, what it was is they, they were on their Paper Route. They're going to swing by here to play, but they were running behind on their delivery schedule and people need to get those papers. It's true. So It's a dying industry. It really is, but they've stood by it, and I respect them for that. They're in the newspaper distribution business. Uh, so that's Paper Root. And now, from now on, because Teresa's going to keep feeding it to me, you can look to the Relevant Podcast for a better blend of kind of the fresh new kind of stuff coming from people who are Christians and just the fresh new stuff mm. that's just out there that's good to know. Um so anyway, there you go. Paper Root and Los Campesinos. All right, so here with Slices is Adam. Okay, so of course everything's been gearing up for the release of The Dark, uh, the Dark Knight. What? Uh, if Which you're came not... out on Friday, <clears throat> three right, days right. before the 21st. In all this, they did a lot of viral marketing to get people ready for it. But one that maybe they should have thought through a little better is uh, they sent a cake to... A local TV station in San Antonio, Texas, this past week, and uh, the cake had uh, wiring sticking out and was ticking. Now, <laughs> an email was supposed to go out to the station telling them that you know they're going to get this cake that was a promo for the Dark Knight, but said email didn't go out, and so the entire um, the entire building was evacuated and firefighters had to be called in to defuse the cake bomb the the, the ticking cake exactly. it was just a cake though it was, was no just bomb. a cake it wasn't a cake bomb uh, uh the promotion kind of bombed but didn't that so happen with that, the, uh, the promotion did not bomb because we're talking about oh it, it got it got word out yeah. isn't that a similar thing that happened with the uh the promotion for the aquatine hunger force stuff with the they did something on the the tv things in uh, boston yeah. that was called boston is not culturally aware and way overreacts to everything this was a an appropriate <laughs> reaction yeah you yeah know? if you get a ticking cake it's fairly appropriate to evacuate yeah. You know, building. If you see a strange neon sign, maybe your mind shouldn't first go to anti-personnel device. Yeah, you know. Well, for years, people have have wondered why the uh, specifically, I would say, chocolate chip, but why the Girl Scout of America cookies are so Moorish, and why you just want to go and buy another box. Uh, Well, what does Moorish mean? uh, I believe it means it. 
like early Islam marauders, the Moors, <laughs> the Moors, or the Moops, as it were. <laughs> right. <laughs> no Seinfeld reference. Thank you. A Girl Scout camp, um, unfortunately, was raided because a large pot farm was discovered on the land, um, <laughs> which had huge, f- over five thousand uh, marijuana plants were growing on a girl <laughs> a Girl Scout camp, <laughs> um, which had actually been kind of. That that section of the land was kind of quite far away from the Girl Scouts. Okay, so somebody else came on and planted it. <laughs> yes. Most well, likely. they think, but police were first tipped off to this when the uh, Girl Scout camp's annual order of Funyuns quadrupled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, why are they Wah. eating so many combos? Unfortunately, as I read this news story, I'm sitting there thinking, this sounds familiar, and I think it's because it's the plot from Loaded Weapon 1. It is the plot from Loaded Weapon 1. Putting marijuana in Girl Scout cookies. Samuel L. Jackson and Emilio Estevez. It was yeah, cocaine, but they were, getting it, they were distributing it in cookies. Yeah, William Shatner was the bad guy, and they were putting it all in the, the Wilderness Girls cookies. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I was reading that thinking, I, I've heard this before, <laughs> but it's not in the real world. Well, this time it is, Lloyd. It is. And that's yeah. why everyone loves the taste of a Girl Scout cookie, because you get a little bit of hashish. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. I can't stop eating those Thin Mints. But for some reason, every time I have a box of Thin Mints, I get really paranoid. And no longer thin. (laughs) You know, what would have been great is if I had saved this cake slice, and then I could say, speaking of paranoia, but that's not what I did. So, (laughs) speaking of chocolate, Ah. um, a French uh, airline attendant became one of... Europe's well will become one of Europe's first space tourists out of picking a chocolate wrapper out of the uh, out of the trash and find the women, winning number in a competition to take a uh, a space plane trip. Oh, well done, Charlie! Run home and tell grandfather. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, this thirty-two uh, year old woman, uh, she had bought this Kit Kat bar. Initially, she threw the wrapper away, you know, kind of telling herself, like, oh, you know, I I would never win, something like that. But then a couple hours later, she started thinking about it, fished it out of the trash, only to find out that she had indeed won. Wow. So she's going to receive a a grueling four days of uh, astronaut training in Oklahoma City, the bastion of uh, interstellar travel, before (laughs) heading out... uh, on a space plane flight there to take her about 60 miles above the Earth's surface and allow her five minutes of weightlessness, which will be a a wonderful respite after all those Kit Kat bars. I was going to say, yeah, that's a lot of weight to be less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and all I could think of, of course, was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So basically, if she really wants this space plane thing to happen, just make sure that you don't drink the fizzy lifting juice. <laughs> Because that voids the entire process. Yeah. Okay. You, do, you've heard of uh, Utah Republican Senator Orrin Hatch. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Long time. Long time. Senator. Did you know that he's written hundreds of songs on, on patriotic themes like Freedom's Light and I Love Old Glory? <laughs> no, I was not aware okay. of this. Okay. His most recent song, though? is about his feelings for uh, uh, legendary liberal senator Ted Kennedy. Wow. And uh, the song is entitled Headed Home. And it's a ballad that even Hatch can't talk about or repeat the lyrics to without tearing up. Wow. Well, you know, they've worked together for so long. Yeah. 
Uh, well, Hatch has been there for 32 years, and, and Kennedy's been there for 46. Um, uh, lyrics are sailing home, sailing home, America, America, we're headed home at last. Um, just honor him, honor him, and every fear will be a thing of the past. Wow. Now, do you think Ted Kennedy finds this a little weird considering he's still alive right. and you know had operation that seems to you know seems to have at, at least given him some pretty pretty good odds of sticking around for a while? Yeah. It looks it looks like they're going to play it at the Democratic National Convention as a sign of unity between Republicans and Democrats. And I'm sure that that'll make Ted Kennedy feel great. It's like that kind of thanks feels for like, consigning me to the grave, Warren. Yeah, that kind of feels like somebody. Let's say you work in a in a fairly large company, and your boss hands a timetable for the next month, and on in it has your leaving party, and yeah, he's like, not told you about oh your leaving. I, everybody, I am uh, still here. <laughs> like they're playing like they're flashing pictures of him Montages. up on the screen. It says Ted Kennedy, your birthday to two thousand eight. <laughs> like uh, people, this is uh, getting ridiculous. I am still here. I'm sitting right here. Why won't anyone look at me or make eye contact? <laughs> yeah, like everyone's like, I sure miss Ted since he died. Like, please, people, I'm starting to get creeped out. Well, speaking of uh, death and the elderly. I have another slice here. Um, Jeff Carstensen uh, was alarmed when his 76-year-old grandmother planned to buy him a $100,000 life insurance policy um, with her as the beneficiary. Um, His grandmother, Betty Numa, told him, if something happens to you, you take care of me, and if something happens to me, I take care of you. Um, It was all a bit too suspicious, so uh, Jeff kind of backed out, um, and he did well, as um, his grandmother is currently in North Carolina jail, accused of hiring a hitman to kill her fourth husband, and police are re-examining the deaths of her first child and four of the five men she married. (laughs) So, uh, wow. Wow. And wow. makes you makes you glad that yeah you know that all some of you out there you might be thinking I hate it when my grandmother licks her her handkerchief just to clean my face you know you got it easy yeah well I mean my grandmother's tried to kill me several times thus wow. far unsuccessfully hmm. but uh, except that one time well yeah the one time she did indeed succeed but and it, so it's I mean I thought that was just kind of a grandmother thing that it's kind of a cat and mouse game mm. that grandmother I would say I'm going to go try no. to kill you no. No. That's not how it's supposed to work? No. My family's... Kill you with kisses, I believe. Not knitting needles. No. Huh. Somebody just posted, uh, the slices have been awesome lately. I especially love the one about the Beatitudes. Don't know why, but it just cracked me up. Great work by the whole team. The site is looking better this summer. Great. That's, cool. That's nice. fantastic. It's nice to hear. And when I wrote that, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever posted. <laughs> like, awesome. I should not put this up. It's really funny. Yeah, I honestly I think slices are so much better now that like you're you're pitching into them too because like you're picking stuff that I wouldn't find. You know, my favorite that I've ever done is apparently God really is a co-pilot. I didn't click the link. What's oh, it's a uh, the plane with the plane that crashed through the land and that both the elderly couple in the plane were like completely unharmed. Yeah, and a then the plane crash, said, and they said it was like God landed the plane for us. Yeah, <laughs> that was the quote in the story. Yeah, like the headline was like it was like God landed the plane for us, and so our link is apparently God really is a co-pilot, <laughs> and then you click it. Yeah, probably my favorite is your InBev one. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> a move that's sure to infuriate people. Uh, people with uh, trucks confederate and confederate flags, flags on, on their, their trucks, trucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and become the largest purveyor of crappy beer in the world and then the picture i found <laughs> cracked me up yeah that it was, was the guy awesome with <laughs> <laughs> he, he has teeth. like no teeth 
<laughs> That's called gurning. <laughs> what? What he did is called gurning with his face. Gurning? Yeah, if There's people don't have teeth, it's like they have competitions and his, the face he's making <laughs> is then... Like face-eating competitions? Yeah. Like eat your own face It's called gurning. I would like to see someone who's actually able to envelop their entire head and it I've just seen disappears who can, into who can like get his no, Like most of his nose and like one eye because he has a lower set eye. <laughs> now, I want to see... Nobody has a lower set eye. Hey, do you, you seen Goonies? No. It's true. Sloth had a lower set eye. Sloth wasn't real. <laughs> this guy has. I've seen pictures. Cameron, Goonies was based on a real story. Goonies okay. never die. Yeah. But yeah, like, can you imagine if someone was at a gurning competition and, and they just kept going and kept going and kept going and there's just an audible pop <laughs> <laughs> and just this weird nether region where their head used to be, you know? It's like it create a miniature black hole. It's like he's gurned himself to death. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, people I like, didn't know he, that was a real thing. People yeah. like he's enveloped his upper lip, his nose, his eyes, his ears. He's, he's still uh, going. He's still going. His lower go? jaw has somehow enveloped itself. <laughs> and then the women, what women say, though, that the, the, the pain of childbirth is like pulling your lower lip around your head. Which I want to know how one would know that since no I one's know. done it. There, there's no real way. Because then some people say, okay, well, a man passing a kidney stone is worse than a woman giving birth. Well, no one has done both. So no. how do you really know? It's and like, like you just sit the around that, and think well, of Well, no, analogies. see, I thought the kidney stone was absolutely, like, I've heard that's no comparison. Women say it's like passing a lemon. Well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I've heard people compare the two. And it's like, how can Lemons you, and kidney stones? But it's not even analogous. You know, like, all you can do is sit around and like come up with new metaphors yeah. for how bad it hurts like well passing a kidney stone is like sweating nickels you know? <laughs> uh, well having a, a baby is like pulling a watermelon out of your mouth you know or like oh wait, yeah wait, you're well, pulling it out of your mouth where did where was it in your stomach the entire watermelon the whole watermelon. so the pain of putting it in through yeah. your mouth to your stomach not that, like childbirth that doesn't pulling no. it back out like childbirth exactly gotcha exactly the putting it in your stomach is like something else entirely that we <laughs> passing a kidney stone yeah well you know uh, passing kidney stones like pulling a bowling ball out of your nostril you know <laughs> so it's like okay Wait, we can again, sit around how did the bowling ball get in <laughs> that's not for us to question <laughs> okay. um so it's like i don't think that we can really come up with a comparison that no one's experienced both been a man who passed a kidney stone and a woman who gave birth. So, uh, unless we found a woman who was, who had had children and was a gurner and could pull her bottom lip over her head. Yeah. If then she would be able to say, okay, this hurts roughly as bad as if she was a gurner, she'd be in her mid eighties and have first no of all, teeth and, and have no teeth and not remember the pain of childbirth. Cause it was 60 years prior. Yeah, that's true. Come on. Um, yeah, get serious, Lloyd. <laughs> what? You brought this up. Come on. What's wrong with you? Oh, go and pass a bowling ball. <laughs> have you heard that supposedly global warming may cause people to have more kidney stones? What, what, how? Uh, I don't know. But evidently, it's supposed <laughs> to give you kidney stones. They're it's just like, bringing out new facts uh, every yeah, it week. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it's like saying sunspots uh, make you... I, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. But it just makes no sense. Uh, if someone, I want to know what sunspots make you. <laughs> they make you sweat nickels. <laughs> nice. <laughs> on, the, on the plus side, that's the real money maker. 
It it really is sweat and nickels. Yeah, that yeah. I mean that would make people think. Okay, global warming, bring it on. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth the pain, but unless you are a heavy sweater, but, but pain. But people say it's the same as you know having a pool cue in your ear. <laughs> no, Lloyd, it's uh, it's pulling a pine cone out of your ear canal. Ah, oh. yeah. Mm. All right, uh, I guess that'll do it for slices. Up next, Mark Steele. You're listening to House of Heroes. The song is In the Valley of the Dying Sun. Sounds Which sad. will end up giving you kidney stones. We have really depressive album names this week. Song names, but yes. Are we all forgotten? My Year in Lists. Which just sounds mundane. Not really depressing, right. but just hopeless. In the Valley of the Dying Sun. Coming up later, we're going to have Frankenstein. You know, maybe we should end it with Sunshine Lollipops. Nah. We could end, I was thinking of ending it with Santa Gold's The Curve. Or what about short shorts? Who wears short shorts? <laughs> da, 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 da. We wear short shorts. See, I only know that da, song da, 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 from the da, da, Nair da, da, commercials da, da, da. in the 80s. Really? Nair wear short shorts. Yeah. If you dare wear short shorts, Nair for short shorts. <laughs> I I can attest to that. Nair is a... a, a, a it's a, a hair removal. A hair removal... Oh, nice. Yeah. It, burn, it, send, it burns your hair off. Adam has a bulk supply. Yeah. I I bathe in it. I think I... <laughs> he has to for the back hair. I need <laughs> I need the opposite of that stuff, if there is any. Uh, it's called Rogaine. <laughs> yeah, there literally is an opposite. I couldn't rub that on my face, though, could, could I? You could well, bathe I in it. I suppose you could try. It'd be the most expensive bath ever. Yeah. It'd be awesome if you got Rogaine spread on your face and came in the next day sporting a ZZ top. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see that happen. It's not like You look happen. like Grizzly Adams. No. I'm thinking maybe when I actually like, hit 40, my body will go, oh, okay. And then hair will grow. Nope. It's going to skip like, it Sasquatch. and it's just going to come out of your ears. Nice. I might plait it if it does that. You've got some dark days ahead of you. Okay, so how about that Mark Steele guy, huh? Mark Steele is a longtime friend and author of Relevance. Uh, not he's an author of Relevance. He is an author of Relevant Apostrophe S. Right. Relevance. P- possessive. Yeah, not in Not of Relevant is. Oh, I wasn't saying... Or I was saying it's right, not, not relevant. Right, not of Relevance right. or of Relevant is. Right. <laughs> relevant Apostrophe S. Possessive. Um, he is based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is founder and president of Steel House Productions, which he tells you about. He has a new book out on David C. Cook. It's not a cooking book, though. It's called Half-Life Die Already, and it's um, a more serious read than uh, Flashbang, which he published with Relevant Books in uh, 05. You can check out his company at steelhouseproductions.com, and you can check out the book at halflifedialready.com. So here is Adam and I hanging out with Mark Steele and his business partner, Kevin Anderson. We're here with author and lecturer, 
<laughs> and creative nice. entrepreneur Mark Steele. That gives me a sense of intelligence that is a facade. <laughs> Complete facade. And and his compadre, his cohort, Kevin Anderson. Yes. Partner in crime, and by compadre, we mean business partner that I found illegally across the border. Yes. <laughs> so, Kevin, what do you do? What do I do? Well, Mark and I are business partners in Steelhouse Productions. So Please use the word business before the word partners. Yes, and uh, yes, we're, Mark and I. Mark and I have been partners for ten years now, and it's a beautiful that's, relationship. That's lovely. Um, but anyway, so we started Steelhouse Productions together. I Mark gets to be funny and uh, witty, and I get to do the invoicing. <laughs> well, there's more to it than that. that I do a lot more than just up. be funny. He, he just does the invoicing. Oh. <laughs> Well, and, and as far as Steelhouse goes, just for your listeners, we're a we're a production house. We do creative uh, field production and post production. Yep. So, so if you guys need any movies made, you have yes. a couple million yeah. laying around. We do short film, feature film, content for live yes. events. You name it. We just we try and help ministries make their art better, and we try and create stories for non-believers that will lead them to the truth. Yes. If you bam, there's have the you, catchphrase. I would say, have you said that before? Copyright 2006 Steelhouse <laughs> Productions. I'm sorry, I have to say that as a tag at the end. Yes. If your life is throwing off excess cash. Please contact Call me. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Mark, you just came out with a book. I did. And I, for for longtime listeners, you would know, if you're up on your relevant history, that Mark published with us first. We yes. found him. They did. I plucked me out of obscurity <laughs> while I was knee-high to a grasshopper. <laughs> and uh, he published the book Flashbang with us. No, which... you published the book. I just wrote it. Okay. Well, he wrote the book, and we published Flashbang, and uh, it was picked up by Borders as uh, yeah. an original voice, and a lot of cool buzz happened. And now you just came out with your second title. I did, and Cameron, thank you for really championing Flashbang. Um, it, Flashbang goes down in history as the one relevant release that Cameron read. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. I, <laughs> I read. I read more than one. You did. You did. I anyway, just, just Cameron really enough. championed the book, and I really appreciated it. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, but you know, as uh, as we were, had to look elsewhere, you know, the second time around, we uh, went with Half Life Die Already, which is a more serious tome. If you if you've read Flashbang, it's very lighthearted in nature, though it gets to a, a serious end. Half Life uh, it chronicles a pretty dark period in my history um, from the perspective of the present tense, meaning. I kind of relive that dark period as I tell the narrative, but uh, the narrative is about where Christ was really reaching out to me consistently and in places I wasn't expecting all through that dark period mm. and how at times I did notice, at times I didn't notice, but when it all comes down to the end of the story, it's it's revelation to me what he was trying to communicate and, and what he was trying to do in my life the whole time. See, yeah. it, it was a difficult having to relive all that writing in the present? It really was. You know, um, I had told you last night, you know, I, I'd begun... A first version of the book. I, I knew the answer to the question. Of course you did. Well, did that's a good night. interviewer what? does his homework. <laughs> you know? That just seems disingenuous. Did you know what Obama was going to say when you asked him his question? Well, because of dinner the night before. Yes, of course. <laughs> you know Obama? Well, the night before when y'all were doing your Pilates, he told you. <laughs> Practicing for our figure skating yeah. routine. He goes, you know, Oprah wouldn't do Pilates with me, Cameron, but I'll do them with you. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I'd written a good bit of the book. Um, I'd written for about two months, and then I was in an auto accident where my car was totaled. I was hit from behind, and my computer was in the back of my car, and it blew up. And uh, through all all subsequent um, backups of the book were also ruined. So I literally I lost absolutely wait, everything. Wait, wait. So yeah. you you had a proper backup. 
I did have else. a I did have a proper backup, and yeah. it, it it didn't work. It didn't work. That's correct. Did you have another backup? Well, I had a paper backup somewhere, <laughs> literally where I printed it out what I had done. Yeah, I, I was going to say I've never these, found it. It I've sounds never like found there it. could be some interesting. You really should fabricate. Some stories of how oh, each no, individual I don't, backup I don't was fabricate destroyed. No, no, Mark is not an Who, I'm not James Frey. Who do you think I'm here? <laughs> anyway, so lost it all. Had, was forced to start again, and uh, instead of kind of racking my brain and panicking and trying to remember everything that I could, I took about a week off of the writing, just eradicated it all from my brain, started fresh. But the main change I made was the first draft I had, I had written from the perspective of. Reflection, looking back on the past, and here's what I went through, and here's what I learned. And I decided that the most powerful way to go would be to write it from the present tense, dealing with some of the really um, skewed, polluted emotional places that many of us go through as people of faith. And it addresses everything from how my faith was affected, how my marriage was affected, how my confidence was affected. There's a lot chronicled in the book. And I found that there was more, more, you know, in my mind, spiritual power in just really revisiting it because I believe that these are the unspokens that when when you go to church on Sunday, when you get with your community groups, there aren't a lot of people out there really getting deeply vulnerable about the rough stuff while they're in the middle of it. And I felt like if I could get people to connect with the wrong thinking while I was in the middle of it so that they can see themselves somewhere in this process, perhaps it will keep them from having to go through as deeply into this process as I had to go through. The, the problem being that if somebody stops halfway through, yes, they, they, they just might blow their brains out. <laughs> No, no, no. I've actually had incredible feedback along these lines. I've had so many readers who they really feel the timing of reading it is God because they were going through such a rough period in their life that when they started to read it, they thought, oh, this book is going to depress me. But it gave them life because of really what we – probably the greatest gift we are given by God that we so undervalue is the value of empathy and community. And just – we're so deceived into thinking that whatever we're going through that we are alone, purely alone, no one will would get this everyone would look down on us everyone would think less of us when the truth is at all times someone of our same faith of our same belief system is going through the same stuff and just is just as alone in their walk as we are and so uh for them to find a real touch point in this book and for them to see themselves at some stage and to be able to ride that to a a conclusion of healing has so been um at least based on while i was still immersed in it. yeah so for the <laughs> The, uh, the guys are in town this week because the large international Christian retail show is in town. Yes, ICRS. ICRS. And so, no, no, wait. I see his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's it's basically the world's largest Christian bookstore. And you just walk around and see all the, you know, the publishers are there and, you know, whatever with real stuff. But then all the gift stuff is there. The t-shirts are there. The, the Christian really- soap removes yeah. scum and sin. No. Yeah. Yes, if if, uh, if, you, if you need to stock up on testaments or yes. see what kind of uh, amazing advances they've made in the field of testaments, yeah. field, testament a, evangelism, of course, that's a place for you. I've seen gospel seeds before. Yeah. I've seen um, obviously Jesus action figures and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Dead Sea skin treatment. Nice. Yeah, they had Dead Sea skin treatment, and they had uh, Take the Dirt of the Holy Land home, but they never got that booth up because the two foreign people who were building that booth started almost got into blows with one another. They were so angry trying to set it up. Are you serious? And then yeah. it just it they, didn't, they must it didn't have end been up getting built. The, the Holy di- Land dirt, do you spit in it? Make yeah, they it made art out of it. No. They just said, take the dirt home with you. No, it was art made from Holy Land dirt. Oh, oh okay. okay. So okay. it's not just a, took photos. It's not just like a, a Ziploc bag full of dirt. No, that's I, right. Well, you know why? 
I wouldn't be completely surprised. Of course, they had the new Satan is a Nerd t-shirt. Satan is a Nerd. And then, of course, oh, this probably model? all the rip-offs of the brands. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Spinaches. Well, they had he, a shirt that said, He Saved Me, only he was spelled H-I-I. And the picture of Jesus was a little me from the Wii Nintendo game. Wii. Wow. Well, so I just don't think it gets yeah. more Jesus turned the tables over than that. Yeah. <laughs> the Christian Pirates from two years ago, I yeah. put a picture up on our website and said, oh, well, yeah. apparently Jesus raped, pillaged, and plundered. Exactly. I went up to those guys. Spiritually, Christian I said, you're Christian pirates. And they went, hallelujah. No. And I no, said, you, you know, talking. I'd like to bring to your attention that what pirates were were thieves, rapists, and pillagers. Not I, say me. <laughs> wow. So what makes you a pirate? That I'm dressed like a pirate. <laughs> but that doesn't actually make you a pirate. Arr, I'm a Christian pirate. And he but did that arm motion each time. Well, yes, every time. But wouldn't He's becoming, doing an arm swing. But wouldn't and becoming instead of a, a parrot, Christian, he had a dove. Say, but, but, <laughs> he did. I said, but wouldn't becoming a Christian mean you stop being a pirate? Arr, stop me with the questions. <laughs> well, yeah, you would turn You would turn from your wicked ways. You, you would, would just be a sailor. That's you like saying a, a yeah, Christian you wouldn't sailor. Rape, pillage, yeah, and plunder. Right. It's like, you know, Hellboy's famous this year in the, in the theaters. What's coming next year? You know, Christian Satans. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I want to ask a, a deep and important question to Cameron, yes. may I? Oh, wow. Absolutely. Okay, because Mark, you and I were talking on the way as we were following Cameron here um, yes. about the shrinking, the shrinkage of ICRS. Oh, of oh, ICRS. Yes. Oh, so many oh, big God. hitters are yes. not there. The music yeah. labels are not there. We saw the same thing at GMA week this year. Just fewer and fewer people. Yeah. And except uh, for the people, there. except for the people who are Christian pirates, there that we were just talking about what good news in our mind that is. Because and Cameron, of course, you and Relevant have been. Way ahead of the curve on this. Well, be- I like to I like to think that we are the reason. And, I, it, well, no. I said I said to we, Kevin driving up because he said, well, "What's Cameron going to do if you know if all this stuff you know tanks?" And I said, "Well, I, I think he's going to thrive." We'll I be said, completely ineffective. Five years ago, pe- five years <laughs> really? ago, people were laughing. You know, at I mean, to be honest, people in the Christian industry were laughing at what Cameron was trying to do, saying, "Well, you know, it's too edgy. People aren't going to go after that." But now, what's happening is the real people who are being reached in the Christian book and CBA industry. Industry are being reached for the most part by the big box retailers, yep. people who wouldn't set foot in a Christian store. And yep. what is appealing to them? This kind of stuff. Yep. So, yep. Uh, you know, I thank God that, I mean, I know you and I know your heart, Cameron. So I know that the quality and the spiritual content is solid, though it's edgy and though it though it's aggressive and though it's got a, you know, a package that's going to really attract that audience. And that's what needs to be out there. Yep. I mean, now there's there's a hundred copycats out there now. Well, we, we, we said, you know, five years ago, I was, I was trying to to tell the people at CBA at the time now ICRS like you see my what <laughs> so you know I was like saying like listen there's a generation that doesn't shop in Christian bookstores yeah. and that's who we're going after right. and so if family wants to carry us that's fine but that's not our target market at they're all, all at you know? Abercrombie and Fiat and we like gotta get books in there <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, you know and they're like yeah 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 whatever you know like totally dismissive and then you know finally you know, four or five years into it, they're saying, well, wait a second, we're seeing that your generation isn't shopping in our stores. And I was saying, I've been saying this from day one, that you guys are setting up a model that will literally die off yeah. when the current buyers who are supporting it mm-hmm. age, and they are, they will at one point die off. And and there's, there's nothing filling the void other than the fact that 
you know, uh, faith-based stuff is actually doing well in the general market, oh, yeah. Barnes and Noble and all that. Absolutely. Uh, and that's and that's where we shop. Well, right. Flashbang did far better in Borders and Amazon.com yeah. and all of these secular retailers than it did in any of the Christian right. stores. People didn't know how to market it in Christian stores. Well, right, stores. because right. the truth is what our generation is saying is we don't want to live in an alternative universe. I mean, we don't want to have to go and live in this other bubble mm-hmm. where we duplicate everything that the world has to offer on a popular level and we, we have to be separate from them. We're not Amish. So we yeah. need to have our faith integrated into our lives. And the whole philosophy up to that point has been, well, we don't integrate, we'll isolate ourselves, we'll duplicate all the things that the world does and we'll filter it or change it or tweak it. Yeah. And we're going to live in this alternate world. And the truth is, you know, what we love about Relevant, what we love about what you're doing is you're finding a way to find, uh, create a space for people of faith to live in the world that we all live in. Be in the world getting out of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think what CBA misunderstood about what you were trying to do is they're thinking, oh, it's just trying to be trendy and hip. But really, you and your team were creating a materials, the, mat- the materials that you would respond to mm-hmm. and that the people that you knew and really walked out life with would actually respond to because we all knew good and well right. that we weren't responding mm-hmm. to the type of stuff that was out well, there. It was a it wasn't challenging shift that us. they sure. weren't ready to hear. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I said, so we said, okay, we'll just do our own thing then. Yeah. And yeah. if you guys get it and some of these stores want to carry us or you guys are reaching who are reaching then cool but if not we're not gonna kind of pander and Mm -hmm. and kind of you know it would have been easy to very much change our strategy to fit the status quo or fit in the established retail industry christian retail industry they need to have been as as popular as seven ball and release (laughs) magazine oh wow (laughs) but you know i think it's interesting because we're you know like you know where are we going five years from now relevant um is going our growth that we're seeing is very much in the general market. I mean, oh, yeah. absolutely, it newsstand is. is growing from you know single digit thousands general market you know the seven or eight thousand going to newsstands to this year uh, distribution company picked us up that's going to take us to sixty thousand on general awesome. market newsstands. We'll that's be great. in airports. Awesome. We'll be this September issue is going to be in every campus bookstore across the country, uh, yeah. Barnes Noble campus yeah. stores, Follett's, all those, every one of them. And most people don't know this, but the magazines that are going to be on the racks in the airport are each going to come with a little packet of anthrax. Yes. Just kind of tucked in where tucked that, in. Uh, the it's only way we can smuggle it in. You know, it's really smart. It's why. <laughs> so you know, I mean, I whatever happens in the Christian retail industry doesn't really matter to us, except for the fact that there are companies that are making stuff now. Uh, you know, they can they can reach an audience now through relevant that they couldn't reach five years ago. That's right. And so it's opening the doors for books like what you're doing. Yeah, and, I wouldn't have had a voice in, in some this music. community. 10 years ago. Right. I mean, and You're I did too edgy. I mean, right. well, 10 years ago, nobody got it. I mean, right. it really took somebody like you and Relevant to say, well, we get it, so we'll make a platform for it. Yes. And if it's small, uh, it's small. If it's big, it's big. It doesn't matter. Exactly. It's just, we're just staying yeah. true to our we're, convictions. We're proud right. of it. But Cameron, you have created a place, a space where Jesus and the and endangered and Bobcat, Bobcat Man <laughs> can coexist. But and the thank, pirates. Thank God for that. Too. Christian pirates, year not welcome here. <laughs> With your dove oh, parrots. Well, but you know what? The trend is shaping even all over because you've got. You know, some of the best new young music artists who are Christians are going straight to the secular market. Right. You know, people like like Ryan Tedder with One Republic and Safety Suit and all these people who are just going. Do you know him because he went to ORU? Yeah, right? do know him. Well, I feel like we were a trailblazer, and you know, we crossed our five year 
magazine's five year anniversary in March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And through that season, um, I've learned since then from people wiser than me that organizations have to reinvent themselves every five to seven years or else you kind of mm-hmm. die. That's yeah. true. That's true. And we found that to be true of ourselves. And yes, we, we, we kind of hit this moment that, um, we from really had, moment. we really, <laughs> nice Aaron Neville. Thank you. <laughs> We had to really... Cameron <laughs> That's going to be my, my ringtone now. Of cotton, the fabric of our lives. <laughs> well, <laughs> and he's flexing his pecs as he does this. It's you have to. Strange. That's how you get that and, guttural glottal yeah, sound. And, and he uh, he stuck a milk dud to his face <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it fell oh. down my chin, and now I look like Tito Jackson. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> to get back on track, uh, it, we hit our five years, and we we just we really started to say, well, where are we going for the next five years? You know, I feel like the trailblazing aspects of what we had set out to do mm-hmm. actually had been accomplished. Yeah. You know, because now five years into it, there's a lot of people who are in sync with us, and we're saying, all right, this is a new reality, a new yeah. paradigm. Well, yeah. I think the interesting thing is when you know we first started, it was uh, it was an incredibly edgy thing to say that. Uh, you know, faith and mainstream culture could coexist. Yeah, the Christians yeah. listen to secular right. music. And that what? this generation coming yeah. up now, especially, you know, the Gen Y, that uh, that's all they've known. Right. You know? Well, the whole idea right. that, you, that it's actually kind of ludicrous to discern what you're going to put into your body based on if it's got a branding marketed label of mm. Christian or not. And instead, the decisions we should make should be based on message and artistic merit and quality and what it says to me and how honest it is. It's amazing that that was such a needed paradigm shift right. in culture. That really it was, well, if it's got the stamp, if it's on right. the right label, it really doesn't matter. I'm going to listen to it. And if it doesn't, doesn't matter. I'm not. Right. right. And it's this black and white thing. Right. What's what's interesting about this conversation is this um, doing Christian. You know, we're a for profit business, so this sounds very hypocritical for well, us to so be in this conversation. We, as we are, but profit uh, good. Yeah, well, so, profit to me uh, equals the ability to have more impact and yeah. accountability. I mean, the truth is, we chose to be a business over a ministry for tax purposes because there is accountability financially on a business model that you don't have as a ministry. Well, a lot of ministries are accountable. But not all are. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of ways financially that can go. But when you have stated, I'm a business, for tax purposes, I'm a business, it's you're putting it right out front there. We have no choice but to treat money with respect and correctly. Right. You have to be a good steward. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we and we've gotten it wrong. But, I mean, at at times, not always. Sure. But, I mean, our conviction is, is pure. Our heart is pure to say, like, we want to create media that affects change, that impacts people's lives mm-hmm. and, and draws them closer to God. Um, you know, so it's tough to then walk around sometimes, you know, the Christian retail show floor and just look at stuff and say, they're just trying to make a buck off of faith. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's Jesus junk. 
And, yeah. and it's just like, it grieves my spirit. But then again, at the same time, the reason, one of the reasons why we got about, got out of publishing books when we did was that we, cause flashbang ruined you. <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> well, we couldn't live up Mark, to that. Mark, the writers in your contract just almost brought I them demanded to your knees. green M&Ms every time yeah, I showed up at a book signing. Honestly, the, the solid gold Hummer really, <laughs> yes. really broke I didn't up. say the solid gold Hummer. I said an ordinary Hummer with the solid gold dancers in the back seat. <laughs> and it was just, misconstrued <laughs> yeah it's, frankly from a price standpoint that's probably a lateral move yeah that's why fine print is important we you know but we when we were publishing books the first three or four years you know first year we did three books second year we did four next book we did or next year we did eight and then 12 and then you know we were we were sell, we were doing the books that we believed in at the time we were mm-hmm. doing books that we felt nobody else was doing yeah. at the time at and the then, time nobody was right and then in the, the our last Except that year, one sudoku book <laughs> <laughs> and then Jesus our, Sudoku. That, that was just for a buck, to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, that, that's where I'm going. It's like that last year, we had enough traction and there was enough interest from retailers and they were kind of intrigued by our little niche yeah. that consultants started telling us, oh, you got to go, you got to double your book output. You got to, you got to go after bestsellers. You got to do this, do this, do this. And we listened to them, right? That was the year of Flashbang, wasn't it? Because I remember it was like it was the year 30 of Flashbang. or 40 releases that year, you guys. Had. 25. 25. And I, and I, and I, and I say out of the 25, I really believed in six. And Flashbang was among those. Wow. That, that There were six books that if I had to do it all over again, I would have put out. And of the six you believed in, you read two. <laughs> no, I read those six. <laughs> and, and, and the thing was is that you know, I, found, I woke up one day and realized that we were just in a publishing business, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and that I felt like it was going a direction that God didn't call us to go. Yeah. And, and rather than trying to steer the ship back, to where it was, it's really difficult in the retail industry to decline because you're dead on arrival at that point. Sure, um, and you know it was just kind of an all or nothing just thing, scuttling. and I just I felt like it was going somewhere we didn't want to go. I didn't want to fall into the trap of the Christian industry where you're just putting stuff out that isn't like you're not called to put out. Yeah. There isn't like an, an eternal difference right. being it's made. It's not filling a void, right? In yeah, the, in and I just felt like it. we were putting out books that anybody could have. Published. It's a new brand of mayonnaise, <laughs> right? On the shelf with all the other mayonnaise jars, yeah. and you know, and if and if there was not, and we talk about this on the editorial meetings that we have, if you know, if another magazine could publish this. I don't want to right, publish then we it. we don't want to. Yeah. You know, like what is uniquely relevant, not not the word relevant, but the brand relevant about sure. this topic or angle yeah. or whatever. And I couldn't answer that about most of the books we put out that last year. Like this was not uniquely us. Zondervan could have done it or Baker or Crossway or any of them could have. And it's just like, well, then why, why don't we step aside and let them do it? Yeah. Because we're not filling a unique void anymore. And they're better and so equipped to do it. They are. And so we just stopped publishing books, which in hindsight, I, I somewhat regret, but that... You know, the, the two-year gap now does not necessarily mean that we won't publish books in the future. It'll sure. just be a very, very different model that we will hold true to our convictions yeah, as opposed to just doing what the industry wanted us to yeah. do. And know, I, it will be Old, Old Testament Sudoku. Yeah, I, flash I, bang I, two. Don't, flash I don't bang regret two. the Sudoku. Flashbang flash 2. <laughs> flash <laughs> the <brung>. leg- flash <laughs> brung. <laughs> The Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> Flashbang 2, The Legend yeah, of Curly's flash Gold. Flashbang 2, Smokey is the Bandit. <laughs> no, it would be Flashbang 2, Electric Boot. Thank you. <laughs> See, well, that's the thing. That is the great divergence on this podcast. It is. Is anytime the a best sequel comes sequel out, name ever. Anytime is a sequel comes out, Cameron says Electric Boogaloo. I say The Legend of Curly's Gold. Well, The Legend of Curly's Gold is more random, but Electric Boogaloo is funny. Oh, it's funny. Sorry, it's Flashbang funny. Two. Electric Boogaloo. Come I on. I won't. I won't say it's not funny. 
But it's overwrought. <laughs> okay. okay. You said it. There I go. It's overwrought. <laughs> All right. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Well, thanks, guys, for coming in. Um, uh, give your website again and tell them about your podcast one more time. Yeah, you can check us out, our company, and all the multimedia we do at Steelhouse, S-T-E-E-L-E, house.com. Or you can check out the book website, halflifediealready.com. So that's the name of the book. Yeah, and I would say the book is called Half Life yeah, Die Half Already. Life Die Otherwise, Already. it's a very strange URL. Exactly. But then, and then you can get the uh, Steelhouse podcast on iTunes while you're downloading the latest relevant podcast. And Joel Osteen podcast. Look and for the Joel relevant Osteen. podcast. Go like seven or eight pages down and you might find <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, well thanks for being with us. No problem. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for thanks, having guys. us and thanks for being had. Thanks, guys. Listening to Willoughby with Frankenstein. It's out now. Hmm. What about uh, what we should have been listening to is Rock and Roll Part Two by the band Frankenstein. All right. So we last week we asked you. Um, we're, we're doing something unprecedented here, folks. You know, we're nothing if not givers, and so we are giving away my uh, iPhone. It's uh, going to come loaded with all of my contacts. <laughs> no, it's a not. lot of uh, a lot of information that could potentially be damaging to the company. So yeah. please, we're going to trust you. And I think I will take that. I will take the time to load it with some relevant content. I'll I'll yeah. I'll do that one lunchtime. Cool. Yeah, just and throw in some do cool picks, stuff, like some pics. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. put in like we can put in like the relevant live stuff and some pictures of us and maybe even a little relevant iPhone wallpaper. Oh, that'd, so be, that cool. oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah, like a relevant podcast. And we wallpaper. might as well just go ahead and leave Barack Obama's cell phone in there. Yeah. Why so not? if you if yeah. you want to just give him a call, uh, from what the commercials say, he will be available at three a.m. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you know, we asked you you want to give this away, and so the question of the week was simply, why do you deserve Cameron's used iPhone, or why do you want it, and how will you make the world a better place? It's not all about you, right? Uh, Herbert Cabral. Cabral, Cabral, C-A-B-R-A-L. Let's say Cabral. I like Cabral. He wrote in, he had a few reasons. You know, uh, number one, he makes phone calls. Hmm, number that three, puts him in an elite category. He goes online. Once again. Number three, his, his current phone sucks. Okay. We've all been there. Uh, Cameron's phone needs to be with someone who is a little bit like him. Ooh. Next. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think, Cabral. Yeah, yeah, I don't want any of these to end with, and I want to ho- own something that has Cameron's scent on it. <laughs> <laughs> if they have that at the end, you just need to know you will not be getting it. <laughs> Adam Prabola wrote in, and he says, you may remember me. He was a guy from Tokyo that sent in the squid jerky. Adam Parabola? Yeah, that was the foulest Prabola. thing. I, I'm just saying Parabola. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that That is... The foulest thing we've ever been sent. Like, yeah. I we got sent Vegemite, and you room. said that that was a punch in the tongue. Yeah, I didn't eat the squid jerky. Well, how All can you, you say it's the foulest thing? Open it. 
Lloyd, it smelled like having... The, the, I mean, like we were vomiting with just opening the package. Honestly, it smelled it like disgusting. having the dumpster behind a sushi restaurant shoved up your nostril, <laughs> yeah. like pressed into your you know, mucus but you know membrane. About, you, you guys know me. You know that I probably would have eaten that thing and loved it. It was, it was like spreading rotting fish guts on your mucus membranes. You know that um, um, having a dumpster full of uh, rotting carcasses behind a sushi restaurant shoved into your nostrils is like giving childbirth. That's what I've heard. I've heard it compared to that. Or passing a kidney stone. <laughs> anyway, he says, after seven long years in Japan, he didn't say long, I said long. After seven years in Japan, he's moved back to, he's, uh, he moved back to the U.S. He's now living and working in Cincinnati. That's a lateral move. Um, <laughs> he said, one thing you don't know about me is I run ultra marathons. Uh, ultra marathons are f- like 50-mile no, races. I did know that about him, actually. He regularly competes in 50-mile races and recently completed his first 100-mile run. Wow! How that see? Because I'm at the moment I'm contemplating doing a marathon, 26, and at the moment that petrifies me just because I, I have knee problems. So I get tired after like three, 50 even scared me. And then when you say 100, it took him not exaggerating 22 hours and 56 minutes of nonstop running. Wow! I can't imagine. I can't imagine being able to do Did that. Did he uh, nonstop running? Did he urinate and stuff? I don't know. He's some manner of probably sweated human. it out. Yeah, I would like think. like sweat nickels. Because did you hear about like Great Britain's one of our big Olympic marathon runners? She did. I think was it the London Marathon or was it like Commonwealth Games? She stopped and took a dump on the side of the road. Really? Well, I mean, you got go, that's you par for go. the course in Britain, though. Yeah. No, but like not just there like when no people. one was. There's barriers with people lined up, and she well, went right next to do? the barrier with the people and was like, "Excuse me a moment." What else are you going to do? I mean, it was either on. a wee or a dump. I think it was both. Um, a wump. <laughs> he says, what does this wow. have to do with the iPhone? <laughs> well, it means that he runs a lot, usually 20 miles every Saturday morning, sometimes as much wow. as 40 miles, depending on what he's training for. It's a lot of time out and about around town. The iPhone would be great because he could only carry one thing with him instead of three. He could have his phone his uh, for emergencies, iPod for music, and a camera. So he could snap out pictures of the crazy stuff I see or beautiful sunrises over the Ohio River. So there you go. Hey, does, you know what? That's does, that's a legitimate reason. Wait, that's pretty good. Does, but does, does it not- he really... Okay, I, I've got a couple of issues with this. Okay. Yeah. Number one, does he really already snap pictures of beautiful things he sees? And number two... If he's running in Cincinnati, how's the sun rising over the Ohio River from where he is? He lives on the Kentucky side. He works in Cincinnati, lives okay. in Kentucky. Well, then, that makes him a great person, well, my con- and I think my he concern. should get this <laughs> No, no, no. My concern is I all the things he's saying he wants it for make sense. However, I know that iPhones and iPods generally, unless you have an iPod Nano because it's constructed differently, don't cope very well with very like up-and-down movements. Or so, a, lot of, a lot of moisture yeah. or sweat. So hmm. it may not be the best thing for him to have. Well, I'll tell you, the, his, his motivation for getting it is the same reason why I wanted to get it because I had a PDA, you know, a, a camera and a phone. And you and, wanted it all in and one. And I wanted it all in one. And it yeah. really did simplify things for it, me. It honestly does. It's I'm a, not, you know, I'm not proponing, I'm not a proponent of consumerism and materialism and wants and uh, excess. For me, it was actually a purchase for simplification. Yeah, it's actually incredibly practical. Re- I've I've found that like well, with the new price point, it actually is tough to uh, argue that it's not. Yeah, you know? it really is. I've it's really coming in handy for me a lot. So anyway, that's that's legit. Good job uh, for for laying out a pretty yeah. compelling reason. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my vote out there because he's from he's from Kentucky. Well, let's hold on here a few more. Yes, because there's a lot to go back. through here. So, okay, so. Um, Darren Johnson wrote in, 
he he said that he was listening to the latest kernel of greatness that we put out weekly. Hmm. I like uh, that as a tag. I think that should be a nominee for the official tagline yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, long, he spells it? Kernel K E R N E L, right? Now Correct. See, because I thought he meant he was referring to me as the, the Kentucky Kern- Kernel. The Kernel of Greatness. Yeah, no. no. Uh, I, I, the relevant podcast, The Weekly Kernel of Greatness. I like that. Um, he We're said, ready to pop. He wanted his email <laughs> to stand out, and he was. it took him a while to decide on a winning technique. Uh, to kind of get the attention. Ultimately, he decided to go for embarrassment. So he wrote lyrics to the tune of the song We Are the Champions by Queen. And then there's a bunch of lyrics about why he needs Cameron's iPhone. And it sounds to me, or it looks to me, like there's an MP3 at the bottom. Oh, of him singing it? I sure hope. I've paid my bill Month after month I've done my sentence But committed no crime And bad mistakes Like crazy glue Keep me stuck in this two-year contract Like a bear in a zoo And I'll keep on singing till you give in. I'd like an iPhone. Please, sir, an iPhone. No time for razors. Cause I'd like an iPhone. Cameron. Uh, it goes on from there. <laughs> can you send me the whole thing? I yeah, want to hear it. Yeah. I'm going to make that my ringer. Can you, can you put that up on your, yeah, on your on blog? The blog yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put that whole thing on the blog. Oh, man. Well done. <laughs> I say we give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing votes around like it's pennies. <laughs> I changed my mind a lot. <laughs> Luke Mansell's uh, email is a, like a Man- lot of Mansell's. Mansell, man, oh. like Mansell, M A N S E L L. So he sells men. Oh, okay, nice. That's or one of his ancestors creepy. sold men. Oh, geez. So one of his, his one of his ancestors obviously was a pimp, um, and his tapped into a theme that was recurring by a lot of people, and it was I'm a broke, poor college student. That was it. So Luke is the spokesperson for the, for the dozens and dozens of broke, poor college students who wrote in, who did not give a compelling reason except for the fact that they're a broke, poor college student. Which, to be honest, cry me a river, people. Yeah, we've all been there, and no one handed me anything. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, you have to be a broke, poor college student. That's part of life. Yeah. And, and some... Magical fairy, no offense, isn't going to just drop down out of the clouds and hand you an iPhone. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. With no offense, I'd be offended that you're calling me a magical fairy. Exactly. Oh, no, I was thinking just the magical part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not magical. How dare you? I take offense at that. I'm just a normal fairy. <laughs> Avery Moore wrote in and uh, the subject line, why I deserve the iPhone, and the answer is because. <laughs> well, well, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the 
the guts that that took. Okay, this guy, Joe Moore from Kansas City wrote in. He says um, he works a monotonous job building circuit boards. And he says, not with Kara's baby. Do you remember that? <laughs> the little fingers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Building the circuit boards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, listen, and he listens to the relevant podcast almost exclusively. In fact, I actually have all of the past podcasts saved on my iPod and listen to them throughout the day. All of them. I don't even, I don't have... Yeah, all of them. That's three and a half years, folks. Yeah. Um, so, Lloyd, um, if the phone's given to me, you will not have to put past episodes on it, therefore making you a better steward of your time, too. Thank you, sir. He's going around the room. Many times I find myself laughing over something said on the podcast and look up to see all my coworkers staring very confused at me. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway, he was trying to convince us to send him the iPhone. On January 12, 2007... Uh, on that podcast, Cameron discussed how the iPhone not only combines many different devices for the sake of convenience, but furthermore is a wise purchase in regards to stewardship. I could not agree more with that statement. Combining my phone, iPod, and laptop is a simpler way to live and would unchain me from the dependence on all three devices. With my MacBook Pro currently out of commission, thank God for Apple Care, I've been forced to go without a computer for the last two weeks and have been limited in contacting people that I, that I do not normally call. If I had the money, I would go out and buy a new iPhone, but as of now, I simply cannot. Uh, I'm writing this email on my brother's computer while he's in the shower. Um, he says that he will use the the iPhone to its fullest extent and that the relevant podcast would have helped me to free himself from multiple devices, thus making him a better steward of his resources. Uh, he says, I think it was a Russian philosopher, Yakov Smirnov, who said, in, <laughs> in Soviet Russia, Cameron's iPhone receives you. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> Wait, what, what, how did he say it again? In Soviet Russia, Cameron's iPhone receives you. <laughs> Paul Culp wrote in and said, what I learned from last week's podcast. Because apparently his wife, Sarah Culp, had written in mm-hmm. about the funerals. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay, what I learned from last week's podcast, dot, 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 dot. That my wife wants to be cremated and turned into a diamond ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that she wants me to use it to propose to her replacement. That she thinks your podcast is a fitting place to bring this up. That she has a very creepy sense of humor. And that Cameron is looking for a worthy donor of his old iPhone. How many husbands have to deal with that? I think a cool phone would really help. Maybe it will distract our kids when they ask me about their mommy. <laughs> wow. He does. He's got a lot to deal with. He's got a lot on his plate. He says, uh, hey, uh, great podcast. Can I take the crew to lunch next time I'm, I'm in Orlando? Yes. The answer is absolutely yes. Yeah. We've got expensive tastes, though. We're classy <laughs> ladies. Josh Galetta wrote in. Josh Galetta. He says, uh, my wife and I listen to your show every week in the car together on the way to church. Uh, we uh, look forward to all the zany antics you guys are always up to. It makes <laughs> our 45-minute fi- drive go by faster. He says the reason that he thinks uh, I should give him the old iPhone is that it helped him in his ministry. He, he works for a church, so he has a lot of families and staff to call. Um, and he says he also needs to snap pictures of the life-changing moments and insane dares that happens in the life of Any these kind of, people. Sure. Yeah. Uh, our first baby is due this week, so pictures of our baby need to be taken and emailed to all the distant grandparents, friends, and Relevant podcast staff just moments after the birth. Whoa. Whoa. Not to mention the need for a rock and soundtrack for the delivery. What better way to do it than with an iPhone? I work two other jobs, so this would help me stay synced up with my wife, our new daughter, uh, and church. I was saving my money up for the new iPhone 3G, 
But now we're having to use it to go toward moving expenses. Yes, we're also moving this month. Oh, geez. So I need to call my friends, moving truck company, and pizza place to feed everyone. What better way to coordinate than by using an iPhone? This has been a really crazy year. Uh, add to the madness and pretty please consider me the winner of your iPhone, Josh Galetta. So he works multiple jobs. His wife's about to have a baby. They're moving. He's yeah. in ministry. Now, I, I know he need, you know you want to take pictures of the birth and everything, but if you can't afford uh, a camera, have you ever considered a sketch artist? <laughs> like from the courts? Yeah, like just bring in a sketch artist, you know? That I think they're too. more expensive than digital cameras. I oh. think I've looked into this for okay. the birth of our okay. second. Well, then. I, I, have my, <laughs> I have my prom photos done by a sketch artist. Really? But well, that's because you were on trial. Yeah. Okay. When I say prom, I mean uh, I mean federal trial. <laughs> you, were wearing, you were wearing a suit. Yeah, you were wearing was. A tux. I was. I was. I was looking very nice. Yeah. You figured hey, this is a big day. I got to mm-hmm. dress up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we've got the whole spectrum here. You know, we've got kind of, this is a sampling, a smattering of everything. Now, we had a couple visuals, which I'll post on my blog. Um, like even Josh Galetta wrote in and uh, sent in photos of he and his wife and whatever. They're, they look like a lovely couple. Lovely very, couple. Very cool. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got, so we had the poor college student thing. We had the, this will help me on my ministry thing, like from Josh. Uh, we had, you know, the song, which that, will haunt uh, my dreams. Oh, man. In a good way. Not nightmares, mind you. No. Good dreams. Yeah. I have, my, my inbox has the number of unread messages next to it, and right now it's 666. Ugh. Is your last email from Satan? <laughs> yeah. My last email it's was like, from Josh Galetta, Hey, actually. Cameron, just wanted to let you know I'm trying to stop you at every turn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Want your iPhone? <laughs> no. I can't have it. Um, okay, so who should we vote for? Who, should, who do we want to go with? No, here? no, no. Um, I, I, I think I want to go with Josh. I like uh, Josh. I like, I like Josh's heart. I like that he... Here's what I like about Josh. He has a heart for ministry, and so he's serving and doing ministry and still working two jobs, yeah, and he's got a wife exactly. and a new baby. Yeah. And I think it shows through like what he's talking about that like so much of what he's talking about is using this phone for other people. Right. You know? It was about being able to be in touch with people and communicate with people. And and be there for his wife and his kid, be accessible. I like that. I yeah. like that. I like yeah. his heart. Yeah, I I like Josh. I Josh, like Josh Galetta. What do you say? He Lloyd? gets my vote. Josh Galetta, you win the iPhone by unanimous decision. And I will load that up with some interesting things for you. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. The winner and well, still champion. <laughs> <laughs> or with the iPhone, the winner and still photographer. But still, think about the sketch artist. All right, so that'll do it for your feedback. So here's this week's editorial question of the week. Editorial question of the week. So earlier we were talking about uh, childbirth, kidney stones, (laughs) whatever. And we feel that the current nationally accepted metaphors and comparisons are inadequate. Yeah. Correct? They don't do it justice. They don't. Okay. And I think they're non-applicable. Right. So like sweating nickels, something like that is a bit more. Yeah. It seems a bit, it's a bit more now. It's a bit more fresh. Right. You know, we want it's our generation. We want you to help us come up with a completely new set of cliches for childbirth, like comparing the pain of the childbirth, pain of childbirth hmm. and the pain of passing a kidney stone. Yeah. Now try and keep them, you know, PG. PG would be PG good. PG would be yeah. good. PG would be good. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's a simple thing. We don't need 15,000 word essays. We just need a new cliche. And just send one email, please, Avery. (laughs) Just the one. Uh, you know, take some time, gather your thoughts, put it all in one post. And you're thinking, I know you're thinking to yourself, I, sure, I'm going to send in, I have some great cliches, some, some, great, some great things that I can contribute, and I'll send those in to feedback at relevantmagazine.com, sure. But really, it's going to take a little bit of effort on my part. What's my motivation here? That's what you're thinking to yourself right, right now. I'll tell you what your motivation is. Yeah, your motivation is the Adam Smith party pack. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I know how to entertain. Yes, um, you do. Now, if it, he's wearing a tux right now, I am. Now, of course, as as you grow in your ability to entertain, you no longer need things to fill in the dead space in your parties. But if you're just getting started in this, you're going to need something to ease yourself into being a host. This okay? is like the beginner level, exactly of entertainment. I, I've you know just through experience, just because I'm a you know. Uh, I've got a few years on some podcast listeners, not on others, but at any rate, just through experience, I no longer need these. Uh, and so I am liquidating my collection of board games in the Adam Smith Party Planner Pack. Wow. So uh, the best description will win uh, a pack of my board games, right? Now, you may have to pay shipping on this. Yeah, I, you will. Uh, so what we'll do is we will give you the party pack and, and the board games and other things that Adam will see fit to include. We'll package it up. We'll take it down to the mailboxes, etc., or something like that. And we will send it to you. But you'd be responsible for right. the shipping now, costs. Now this, Adam's contributing the actual items. Right. Now, yeah. this, this gives you, though, if you live locally, this gives you extra motivation to be even better. Because you've got a leg up on everyone in that you could come pick it up. You don't have to pay shipping costs. Yeah. But you got to be good. We're not just going to give it to you just because you're local. You know? But the the beauty of this is that it's no longer restricted to only AT&T customers or U.S. residents. <laughs> yes. That's true. You- and uh, can I just clarify, when you say they are your board games, I'm, I'm guessing that you mean... Like, for instance, if you have Monopoly, it's your copy. It's not a board game you no, made. No, they're all board games about It's me. not like... Adam goes to town, or Adam's adventures, that's and you exact, made a board game. They're all board games about me. No, they're they're no, your real board they're games. My, they're my mass-produced board games. You have a strange mind that you would even think that the games would be. Oh, I said, I, the only reason I ask that Just is because I have two or three games I've made up that I no. still have. Oh. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what? Maybe the next week's prize will be Lloyd will make a board game for you. Write into feedback at relevantmagazine.com or editorial at relevantmagazine.com. We check them both. Your cliches to kind of take back pulling your bottom lip over your head. Yeah. It's just getting tired. It's tired. Played out. Yeah. It's old and busted. It is. Okay. That'll do it for this week's podcast. Many thanks to Mark Steele for coming through. Uh, We had a good time talking with him. You can remember to check him out or his new book out at halflifediallready.com. Next week, make sure to tune in for a live uh, studio session with Brandon Heath. And then the week after that, a great interview with filmmaker Dan Merchant. And actually, some more bands and stuff are kind of about to come in. So we may just have to like double dip here. There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of good yeah. stuff coming up. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Adam Smith. I'm Lloyd Kinsley. We'll see you next week.
Um, uh, uh, everybody, I am, uh, still here. 